You're listening to Play Skillfully with Kathy Eggers and Leslie Richards. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, get cozy, because this is going to be good. Hello there. Happy September. We are so excited to be starting this school year with all of you. I know some of you have been going all year round with a summer of playing skillfully, but September is the start of a year of playing skillfully, our curriculum for children three to seven. Um, We want to talk to you about this month's character trait, which is wonder. Which is one of my favorite things to talk about. I mean, I love the whole concept of wonder and childhood. It just, to me, wonder is childhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I was making notes, I was like, oh my goodness, there's so much to say about this topic because it really is the fuel for the rest of the year. And it it really is what encourages children to be lifelong learners. Um, now, we I love starting with the definition of our character trait. And the definition of wonder is Rapt attention or astonishment at something awesomely mysterious or new to one's experience. And I love that definition. Yeah, I think that's amazing. When you think about it, I can just envision all of moments that would be characterized as wonder based on that definition. Yes. And I was kind of thinking about people and things that inspire wonder and um I think I grew up watching a lot of nature shows when I was a kid. I'm sure you did too, because there wasn't that much on right. at that yeah. point for us. But one of the things that I thought, one of the people that I thought about that really inspires wonder was Steve Irwin. Um, the world just kind of fell in love with his excitement and his joy as he showcased and educated us about the animals that he explored the world to find. And Um, I just think about his excitement and joy that he just exuded. And I really want to be a Steve Irwin for my kids and model that big energy when it comes to getting excited about new things to learn. Um, Do you have anybody that embodies wonder to you, Kathy? I mean, I love that you asked that. And it's funny because just as you and I are different, I immediately think of different things. I think of children seeing something for the first time. Like my mind doesn't really go to an adult um, with wonder. It immediately goes to different moments of being with a child when they first discover something for themselves and they first experience that sense of wonder and you see their face light up and you see, you can almost see like the their brain churning, right? It, it feels like when you watch the an, uh, the eyes of a child when they are in the moment of something wondrous and they're discovering wonder that that excitement is what I think about. And that's such a joyous moment for me to think about. And I want to live like that. Like I want to live like a child um, seeing things for the first time. I hope that my excitement over stuff is just as enthusiastic as a child being excited for the first time or having that sense of wonder about something. Well, that's such a good picture because I do think about kids about how it's almost like a full body experience for them because you can watch it just kind of course through. (laughs) Like if they had tails, they would be like wagging their tails. Exactly. It it just goes through them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's so much fun to see in them 
Um, but I feel like we really have to be intentional about building wonder because I think if you think about the beginning of the school year and you think about buying curriculum and you think in terms of subjects and, and checklists and things that need to be done and whatnot, it can suck the wonder right out of you. Um, don't you think wonder should, don't you think wonder should be like a philosophy almost that you're going to have a wonder filled year? Like really, if you just set it up as an approach for your year from the viewpoint of wonder, how can we set oh, the stage this oh, 100%, year? Hundred percent wonder, you know. One hundred percent. I think if you're keeping it top of mind, you know, so that that's what's motivating you, and let that kind of be your master more than a curriculum or a checklist or whatever it is that that kind of governs you. I mean, I think that it's easy, especially when you're a new homeschooler. And I just kind of want to address this up front because it is very easy when you're a new homeschooler that you want to do things right. I mean, you're homeschooling because you want the best for your child, right? And you're investing all this time and energy into it and you want to do things right and you want to hit all the bases and you don't want your kid to have gaps and you want them to be, you know, keeping up with everyone else in an appropriate manner or whatever it is. But those are a lot of expectations, you know, that you have on yourself and, 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 and not that any of those things are bad things, but if those things are top of mind, it's going to be very anxiety provoking and very joy sucking out of and I think that as a motivator, we're, I mean, our long goal is that our kids become lifelong learners. And, and actually it was one of the biggest compliments when I went to go speak in Boston, there was a family there that had purchased our curriculum like the very first year. And so they had kids that were in high school and in middle school, they didn't have any more little kids but they, they came to our booth and they were telling me all about how the mom was saying, I don't have to do anything with these high schoolers now because they are so motivated to get to their stuff and get it done so that they can move on to the things, the projects that they have and the businesses that they've started and, and that it was a way of teaching that really fueled um kind of the lifelong learning attitude in the children. So it made things really easy on the mom later on. And so I think it's important to kind of think about those things um, and not fill up your time. I am convinced that we have to make space intentionally for wonder. Um, yeah, what do you and, think and I, about that? Kathy? Yeah, and I think if you do that, it's the wonder when we think about wonder, it's the wonder that draws kids into the learning. And that's why that mom didn't have to do anything with her high schoolers. If she really established this environment of wonder, then the children have permission to pursue what they're passionate about, because that is wonder, right? It is, it is finding something that just draws you in. And then if as a parent, we give them permission to pursue that further, then they learn the knowledge that goes with that wonder. And then they just 
gain more and more information about that that even takes them further, which often will lead them into their path where they're supposed to be. So often people end up becoming a doctor or a, a scientist or whatever because of the wonder of that job, that occupation, when they were in their preschool years. So it really does all go together. So I feel like if you can, as a parent, grasp this concept of, okay, when we see our child just get electric about something, we need to pay attention to that. And then we need to teach around that because that could be the thing they're wired for or they're meant for. And we don't want to miss that. If we can help our kids become who they're meant to be, then we've done the greatest job possible, I feel like. And so often that starts with establishing this true sense of wonder in the home. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I would say as it, depending on how many kids you have, we both had big families and I think it was much easier when we just had little kids. And when I had older kids, my biggest temptation was to overschedule because things sounded really great to me when it was time to sign up for things in August or September or whatever. It sounded so great to me to do 97 different things. And Kathy, I think you can attest to my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, we both did, but you especially loved your <laughs> kids. You would talk me off like, no, you don't need to be doing that. Yeah, it is nice to have and, some partnering, some friends who are partnering with you and who understand what your real goals are to help sometimes hold you accountable to, okay, sometimes less is more because when we do over schedule, we often, that's the thing that will, you know, squelch the wonder. I, I, I remember going to a homeschool conference with you when years and years ago, and I had two, three kids. No, was it three? Yeah. I had three kids and I was pregnant and three little ones. And I was pregnant and we went to the homeschool conference and they were selling little violins for children, like real violins, the Abaru violin guy. And he had this like tractor beam gaze where draw you in. And, and I remember coming back to the hotel room and telling you so excitedly that I was going to buy three little violins and teach them to play violins. And I was so excited about it. And you started laughing so hard. I'm sure I rolled. That? I'm sure I rolled my eyes first. No, you admit. did because you were like, "Okay, you mean to tell me that you think that you're going to homeschool these three little kids, give birth, you know, and, and teach violin. all of them to play the violin in this at the same time?" You go, girl. I mean, it, it was I, I funny, and I was kind of yeah. like, "Oh, that is true." So, what I do want to say is. It's okay to say no, because we don't want our little ones to be car seat prisoners um, in the name of good things for older children. We have to have balance. And so if you, like, I'm an Enneagram 7, so I'm always like, let's make it bigger and better, and what can we add? And I really have to tamp that down with myself, because as excited as I get about things, I'm, like, taking up their so I want them to have space for the things that they have wonder about. And so I really had to learn to say no to some of the awesome things that are out there for homeschoolers so that my kids would have some free time. 
um, and that we could make space for that. Um, I think one of the best things is being outside and just having time to see things. Um, making time outside every day is like just key. For oh, wonder. I think it's probably one of the most important things you can do as a family is to be out in nature together. It, it just really is. It, there's just so many opportunities for that discovery um, of wonder outside so much more than inside in their normal environment and get out different places, not just in your own backyard, really be intentional about getting your children out into nature when they're young. Do you remember taking our kids camping uh, when they were little and we went on a nighttime frog walk? (laughs) I do remember that actually. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so cool because I wouldn't have seen, you know, without the ranger kind of pointing out what to listen to. And the ranger was so great about having our kids be quiet and really use their five senses to take things in and to notice that there was like six different kinds of frogs going at once. At night, we walked around this pond and that was really a... a, kind of an eye-opener experience for me because I, my brain would be like, oh, those are frogs, like universal frogs. <laughs> and right. not, but, but really stopping to listen, you know, that was kind of a wondrous experience for me um, to, to access something with all five senses. Yeah, I think it's amazing, again, what that, that's a great example for a couple of reasons. Number one, because we did have someone there who was helping, helping to guide us, right? And that is okay. It is okay to ha- give our children some guidance. It's not literally, let's sit back and just see what our kids discover and then they'll have wonder. Often it is you stopping and noticing the butterfly. Or you stopping and noticing, you know, the rainbow that's just, you know, hit the wall, this puddle and the, and you introduce that to your child or you explain that to your child because often the wonder is caught, you know, it's not always discovered. So it is both and. So don't feel as if as a parent, you can't then introduce anything because, oh, we might squelch squelch the wonder. No, no. Often it's your own enthusiasm over something that then your child will catch that and go, oh, wow. And they'll take it further. And just their mind, how it works as a three, four, five, six-year-old is so different. And so the questions they might ask or the information they might want to know, and then together you can explore that and take it further. And that's how the wonder kind of builds. So that's a good example with the frogs and having the guide who kind of introduced us and taught us and helped us open our eyes and our ears to those different frogs. Well, I think passion is caught for sure, you know, um, and that it's exciting. And I kind of think I like to use this, the sports team analogy about how, you know, like our kids get excited about football, like Georgia Bulldogs football. Or Mississippi State Bulldogs. Don't be so one-sided. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah there we go <laughs> I forgot you have one of those well right I down. went there come on now it's actually where you I went, went there too yes right. that is true so um but 
I just think about how the, you know, my kids caught that from their dad because he was excited about it. And I get excited about some things and, and I feel like my kids can catch that from me. And sometimes I'm, I think I get excited about things that probably are not, are kind of nerdy. And so one of my really fun moments this past year was I love Flannery O'Connor short stories. Like I can talk about them obsessively for hours, but nobody wants to really talk about that with me. And my high schooler, she took a a dual enrollment class and there were a bunch of Flannery O'Connor short stories. And she was like, oh my gosh, mom, these are so good. Oh my gosh, I want, and I was so thrilled (laughs) to have somebody to talk to, you know, about something that I really loved like that. And, and so it is so much fun to, to get excited yourself about things. And, And I would say too, it's easy with the stress of the world to lose your sense of wonder and get really excited about things as a mom. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of worries. There's a lot of details. Um, and we don't always make time for our sense of wonder. And so I always try to encourage parents to build something like every school year. What's your curriculum? What are you going to learn? What are you going to get excited about? Because they do, when we model stuff, they do really pick up on that. And it um, might not be, so sorry to interrupt on that. It might, I was just going to say, it might not be when they're little, just like the example of you and Lily. I mean, it's when she was in high school that she got excited about something you were excited about. Or I think about even my assist, my sister, who's an adult recently, she was um, adding some flowers into her garden at the lake. And she was like, oh my goodness, I took these and I you know, was able to break them off and see them grow and root them and now plant them. And now they're all over. And she's like, wouldn't mom be so proud? Our mom passed away a few years ago. And she's like, wouldn't mom be so proud? Because our mom loved flowers and she could propagate anything. And we always thought we couldn't do it. But now older in life, we're enjoying some of that too. So even that, so we, sometimes we might not even know how, we're impacting our kids just by following some of our own passions. They are watching, they are paying attention. And it might be something even when we're no longer here that our kids remember us by, by the things we got excited about. But how sad to think about if we don't get excited about anything that all they could remember was my mom was in the kitchen cooking or my mom was too busy taking care of us to do anything that excited her. I hope my kids remember that I love to dance and I love to be silly and I love to, you know, go look for deals or whatever, you know, I hope that they will follow those passions, maybe not even as a preschooler or a teenager, but maybe into their adult years. So it is so important. And, and I would too say like, um, as an adult, it's really fun to get excited about something. And like you have been doing your fitness thing. Yes. Back on it. Love it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like that was like, I saw you kind of perk up and get excited about something and start learning some new things um, that maybe you already knew, but were taking in in a new manner or whatever. And it just kind of fueled a lot of energy for a lot of other areas in your life. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And, and, you know, maybe not 
directly is it something of wonder, but yet being passionate, it is, I guess. Um, you know, for me, I've always been into health, but I've battled. If you've known me personally, you know that I've battled with that, with my own um, weight set point or where my body should be and have had a daughter battle anorexia. And so that has been a challenge and it, losing a son to cancer has been a challenge. So all those things have taken a toll on my body um, physically, emotionally, um, and I definitely was kind of in a darker place the last few years, just in every area. And then this year decided to really be intentional with trying to get my physical health back. And once that started happening, it did really impact everything. And my children specifically have made comments of, Mom, you seem so much happier. You seem so much more like yourself. You you seem to want to do things, can do things. And even now that I'm moving into the later years of parenting and, and now I'm in grandparenting, just having my grandchildren um, at the lake this summer and we were kayaking and we were pedal boating and all the things. And then just a few days ago, Jeff and I went up to Greenville to see them. And my granddaughter said, Nana, can you go outside with us? And I said, oh, sure. Yeah, let's do that. And she goes, no, actually, can we do hide and seek? Will you play hide and seek with us? And I said, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. She goes, Nana, you just say yes to everything. Ah, I love it. And But what was so great about that was I could say yes to everything. Whereas when my physical body was aching and um, when I wasn't taking care of that part of me, I couldn't say yes to everything because Nana couldn't get in the pedal boat or Nana couldn't go kayaking because it hurt her knees or whatever. So it is interesting how just us even taking care of our physical well-being um, can impact our sense of discovery and experience and for our children and grandchildren to see that. Probably doesn't really, you know, mean a lot to most of you because you're still with little babies. But one day, I mean, as we get older, those are things that if we want to continue down this path of exploring with our kids and our grandkids, then then it is important. And it has definitely impacted every area. So, side well, and, note. And I would say, too, the manner, like, in, in just the way that you, because I kind of watched you kind of roll into that, and you were using a program where there were passionate people oh, for sure. talking yes. about yeah. different areas, right? Yeah. And so when we have our own sense of wonder awakened, like, ooh, maybe I see something different in myself. Maybe I can do this or that. Or maybe 100%. The program maybe is. this person passionate can help me find a way around this obstacle or whatever. And, and I noted, you could share the name of what you were doing. Yeah, still doing it. I mean, it, it's a lifelong thing for me. Um, you know, if, if you see me years from now, I better still be doing it. But it's called E2M Fitness. And you're right. It was the passion of the other people involved. It was a passion of the guy who started it, the coaches, the, the community. And that community is what inspires you. And now I feel like I should work for them because I'm always telling people about it. And they're like, are you sure you don't make any money off this? I'm like, no, I'm just so excited about it because of the enthusiasm of those around. So exactly, you're exactly right. It is um, not only, it, it just is. It, it is all of that. It embodies all of that passion and excitement and wonder. You're right, Leslie. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it. You don't you don't really think about that off 
you know, as like a fitness program or whatever, as inspiring wonder, but it's like, oh, wow, my body can do these things. And right, right, right. I don't know. I think that in all areas that you can access that wonder as a fuel and to, to keep moving through things. And it's funny because uh, my kids weren't like, one of my kids didn't like history much. And then at one point we had this neighbor and his wife had cancer and he was a history professor and he was from England. So he had a fabulous accent. I remember his this name, guy. Yeah. Mr. Wilson. Yeah. Yes, he was awesome. Yes. And um, so Rebecca started helping him with his dogs because his wife couldn't walk with him. And so he would tell her stories about history and and it was funny because I had to laugh because when you're talking about the Revolutionary War and stuff, when a British guy is telling you the story, it's different than when an American guy <laughs> is telling you the story. Uh, yeah. But I loved it, though. She was she became so much more passionate about history because she had somebody that that was like his thing. And so I think as much as we can connect our kids with people, just like that ranger who loved all the frogs and could identify all the frog calls, you know, if we can hook our kids up with people, that's always amazing. What well, um, is, especially if we see them again, like getting excited about something, you know, baking, I, I think of Sarah and baking, and then we would have her bake with people or the horse farm that we, we both yes. at for years. You know, we found people who were experts in, in the area where our children, you know, had just some interest. And we saw that to really help take that further. And some of it fizzled out, but some of it has just continued. So I, a hundred, you know, it's basically apprenticeship, right? In some ways, you know, but it's yeah. that just being around, um, being around one, other people who have expertise in areas that we don't is fabulous and is a beautiful part of homeschooling because you can network and, and do that. And as I was watching um, our friend Elsie and her son, like take care of the, the, the hog and cutting it up for their food recently, I was like, Oh my gosh. But I know they have gone to great lengths to make sure their children have been exposed to people, butchers who do that. And, and these kids have become passionate, not just them as adults, but the kids have now become passionate about, you know, providing their own food for their family. I mean, it's fascinating to me. So, you know, I think in every area, it's, it, the possibilities are endless, really, if we just pay attention to what our children, what's sparking them. But that takes time, 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 time. And it takes a willingness to observe what's happening. So you have to be tuned in to what your kids are interested in. I love this Anthony Enseling quote. Um, there's a book called 10 Ways to Destroy the Imagination of Your Child, which is really one of my favorite books about wonder and building wonder. And it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek book. Um, the way that he writes it is, is kind of like a, I don't know, like a screw tape letters kind of backwards um, way. But he says, if we love children, we would have a few. If we had them, we would want them as children and would love the wonder with which they behold the world and would hope that some of it might open our own eyes a little. We would love their games and would want to play them once in a while, stirring in ourselves those memories of play that no one regrets and are almost the only things that an old man can look back on with complete satisfaction. 
Yeah, it's and one I, of my favorite quotes. I remember when you introduced that to me. I could not, I think I read that so many times. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's oh, so true. true. Like the memories that we have of that open ended play where we're creating worlds for ourselves, um, especially, you know, with our imagination. That again, we have to have space for that. We have to have time for that deep imagination play. And permission. And permission. Yes. So many times we don't give our kids permission to do that big imaginative play. I mean, I look back at pictures of my kids when they're little, and I mean, it is almost impossible to find a photo where at least one of them is not dressed up as something else. You know, it, it was just their <laughs> I mean, you know, whether we're at the airport or the grocery store or, you know, wherever, they were all just always pretending and and being something else and they're either putting on a show or they were, you know, pirates somewhere or they were a Ninja Turtle or they were, you know, just anything we could imagine they were doing. And I'm so grateful that we had that knowledge as young parents that we gave our kids permission to go and explore and imagine. And I think so often today because of time, because of devices, because of we just aren't being encouraged to let children, to, you know, have that kind of open-ended play, it's getting missed. And because you and I both know that is such a crucial part of developing that frontal lobe, that executive for the executive function, that imaginative play, it is and so self-control and self-control. Absolutely, and self-control. it is. And and if we miss that, if we miss that, our kids are going to have a much more difficult time as they move on into later adolescence and adulthood with that. So it's so valuable. I mean, wonder really is the foundation. That's why we started it in September. That's why the character trait we wanted to yes. mention first. And, and, you know, I still remember, I, I wrote an article about this experience at one point, but I remember when I had all little ones, and I think my oldest probably maybe was in sixth grade, but they were all pretty young. And... I made breakfast and I sent them outside for a little bit and then I was going to call them in. I got all their stuff laid out on the table for them to do for school. And I go out in the backyard and they are deep, like all of them deep into this game. And what they had done is they had dug out houses in the leaves. Like our, all of our woods were kind of filled with leaves and they had dug like boundaries and houses and roads between their houses and they had built this town that they called Woodville and (laughs) they had made money and different leaves were different denominations of money. And they, they had come up with this whole system of like buying and selling things. And when I walked out there, they were about to elect a mayor and hold an election. And I just like backed away, (laughs) you know, like, what is happening here that you guys are so deep in is way more important than the handwriting sheet that's on the table in the house. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Right now. Because yeah. we can come back to that later. But if I interrupt the wonder and excitement that is going on right now, that's going to disturb something that is kind of a holy moment or whatever. It also sends a message that the paper inside is more valuable. And I think if we can just let kids know that play is valuable, 
that I see you and I see what you're creating and that is worthy, then we give them permission to continue to explore as they get older. But I think often we say it's either play or it's work. It's not that play is work. And I think that's what we have to get to. That we have to, we as adults have to remember that play is work and play is brain development and play is crucial and play is powerful. And that is done with a sense of wonder. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I really hope that all of you will think about this a little bit um, as you start the first year. I feel like we have some really fun um activities and opportunities for wonder in our September month. I'm trying to think of some of my favorites um, in September. I think one of them that that we do in September that I love is the our art that we do. We're we're copying the Makia Bulls. Um, and I think about our herbal Play-Doh is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but in our art study, when we're looking at the Chaluli, um sculptures, they're, they're glass-blowing, right? And with glass-blowing, our kids obviously can't blow glass, right? Because they're little and it's dangerous and fire and all of those things. <laughs> but they are capable of looking at something amazing, deciding what's wonderful about it, and, and replicating those things that they can, like the shape and the color. And so I love walking kids through that process of this is wonderful. It's amazing. And it's exciting. Do you think we can do that too? You know, and so hopefully you will see that too. If you're using our curriculum, um, the little places where we're trying to, to build wonder, you mentioned the, the Play-Doh, Kathy, can you talk some about that and about how we set that up and the things that kids, the amazing things that kids have done with that? Yeah, the biggest thing with something like an herbal Play-Doh is you've got to resist the urge to take over and to really make a model. You've got to invite them in. Think of your role as you're setting the stage and you invite them in to participate, to engage, to discover themselves. And so when you set it out with the Play-Doh, with, and we, we, invite, we encourage you to go out and have the kids gather items from the yard, and then you kind of sit back, and then you say things like, what could you do next? And I wonder what would happen if, and have you thought about this? And you just ask a lot of questions. Lastly, remembering, because we're almost out of time, but I just want to say, our curriculum is still just a guide. You know your kids the best, and you can adjust and change and make it work for your family. It is not, you must have to follow this to get it exactly right. You can do it differently. You can fit it in for your family. We wanted it to be a guide that helps you, not something that causes you anxiety, because that really is a wonder killer, is anxiety yes, it is. in comparison to other people and what other families are doing and other children are doing. We want you to have confidence in what you're doing, that you're going to help your children reach their full potential by setting this stage and having this philosophy of wonder. So... I'm so glad that we picked this as September character trait. It's one of my favorites. And we hope that you have the most amazing year. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Play Skillfully. 
Please subscribe to us at iTunes or wherever you love to listen to your podcast and leave us a kind review if you feel like it. Um, please visit our website at thehomegrownpreschooler.com where you can use a coupon code of PS Podcast for 10% off on your first order. 